Episode 16.2 Current weight 274 pounds I start out each episode with this introduction so if you come in the middle of this you'll understand why I have stage 4 cancer that is terminal and it's metastasized to my bones and I want to tell you my story of a wonderful and amazing life I've had. I had a minor stroke, so I talk slow. I always tell people I talk like John Wayne from Chicago. I also want to say thank you for your support to all the nurses at my hospital, to all of that, all of you that believed in me and kept pushing me to keep me alive to do this. I never knew there could be so many sweet people gathered in one place. Thank you again from me to you, all you folks at the hospital. You all know who you are, and thank you again. So when I got off the bus, my mother was there to uh, greet me. She said, how did you manage this one? What did you do now? I said, Mom, while we're getting in the car, it wasn't my fault. She says, Who fault, whose fault was it then? I said, Grandma tried to get me to go to a military academy. I said, you wouldn't believe it. She says, I don't. Grandma has no money. I send her money every month. What are you talking about? Well... I'll tell you this, I met the governor. You did not. Yeah, Grandma had it all set up, and I went in there alone with him, and he said I had a scholarship to a military school. And I told him I can't leave my mom. You couldn't leave your mom. You told the governor that? <laughs> she laughed. I said, yeah, Ma. So everything went back to normal after that. We drove home. The beatings resumed. So we thought about a month later, I was in school, seventh grade. Just started probably a month. And my mom got a call from the police. There's a warrant out for your son's arrest. 
She said, what did he do? He's in school right now. I don't know. There's just a warrant out. Could you have bring him in down to the station when he gets home from school? She said, of course I will. She brought me down to the station after school, and I assured her there was nothing wrong, I promise. When the police told us what was going on, my mother started crying. I said, Mom, I swear I did nothing wrong. No, no, you haven't. He let me go on a, what's called an IBON, your own recognition. Back then, they would do that. And told my mother we had a court date. She got a lawyer, which she couldn't afford at the time. It was $700, and she got him down to three by begging First day of court, there was Grandma carousing with the prosecutor, letting everyone know who she was down to the clerk. All rise, the Honorable Judge so-and-so. It was juvenile court. I forgot what the charges were. I didn't care, honest. She was a smart woman in her day, Grandma. They allowed us for recess. And the lawyer said to my mother, if she had been 10 years younger, she would the way she presented this case, she would have won. But I think I'm going to get him off. Well... I was a smart-ass punk in those days. Who would blame me? That's what I did wrong. The judge asked me when we went back in the courtroom for him to expunge everything, are you going to be a good young man? I never was a bad one. I did nothing wrong, Your Honor. But... I'm not afraid to go to jail, me and my big mouth. Oh, you aren't? No, sir, I'm not. Okay, let's give this young man two weeks and see what he thinks about then. I said, fine, defiantly. He said, bailiff, take him into custody. I didn't know if I mentioned this, but I had a suit on. I was a white kid from the suburbs. Had no idea what I'd just gotten myself into. It was like a dream. You first go into intake, which wasn't bad. They gave you a bologna sandwich, really a bologna sandwich. And... There they stripped you, searched you, and gave you new clothes. There was a kid in there a little smaller than me at the time. I was husky. 
and he was smaller than me. He says, do you like black people? I said, sure, I like everybody. Well, he was the one that was escorting me with the guard to my cell. I don't know if you remember in past episodes, but I must have a horseshoe up my tomato or my keister, whatever you call it. The week before, I had broken my finger, and I had a metal splint. Just my finger. Nothing serious, just my finger. And that was enough to put me in the medical wing. Thank the Lord. Where I had my very own cell. What I did notice there were no other white guys in there. Just like when I was a baby, I guess. I was the only white guy there. At least where I was. My cell consisted of a bed, a blanket, a mattress, a toilet sink combination and a piece of metal screwed to the wall which served as a mirror. My guard was a big woman, four times my size, maybe five. <laughs> she was big. And when she asked me a question, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, believe me. She came by and told me what my schedule was. She told me, the times of breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'll get one hour in the day room with all the other prisoners after lunch. Up in this time, up until this time, I remember I was getting beat every other day for something or another. But I could never fight back. He was a monster, 240 pounds. So I could take a beating. So I never really fought anybody. I was just getting beat, toughened up, I guess. There was a kid next to me. I couldn't see him. But he told me, Let's call him David. I can't remember his name. He was handicapped. He told me anyways. I'm sorry about that, man. I just have a broken finger. He says, well, I'm missing a leg from the knee down. I said, oh, wow. I'd never seen a handicapper. I asked him, how long have you been here? He gave me some kind of date. I started asking questions about this day room. Is there any other white people here? He said, not in this pod, but in other pods. Someone must not like you to put you in here, he said. 
Yeah, I was a jerk to the judge. He said, that'll do it. We didn't talk after that much. A lot of quiet time where I was in the medical wing. The guard came by with some books, and I read and read. And David said, I'll be seeing you in the day room, man. I'm like, okay, cool. I didn't realize what he meant, but boy, I learned fast. You don't trust anybody. He and I lined up. They opened the door to the day room. There must have been 50 kids in this room. All black. The little kid that brought me in in the intake said, Oh, look, there's that honky that loves black people. With that, David, the my guy next to me in the cell, started beating a snot out of me on one leg. He was actually hopping on one foot, kicking the snot out of me. Of course, the guards broke it up. I'm telling you, I didn't get five feet from the medical wing door before all this happened. So they took me back to my cell and David back to his, his cell. He started talking smack to me because he thought he won. So you're the a punk white boy. Wait till I get a hold of you again. He had to prove to everyone else that he was as tough as them by kicking the snot out of the white guy. But I didn't know the game. Now I know the game. Intake was on Friday. This happened on Saturday afternoon after lunch, which gave me 24 hours to come up with something, a plan, something. I had to think. I had to think. The guard had told me I have to go to church. So I knew my hour the next day will be at church. So I thought and thought. First I blame God. Then I blame myself for my big mouth. Then I said, if I'm going to fight, I have to come up with a plan, some kind of a plan. Come on, Gabe or Bob. I said, I've got to get through this. I thought and thought all night. I laid awake thinking about it all night. I couldn't eat lunch. I knew what was coming. The only thing I could do was get them before they got me. That's all I could think of. I knew what I was going into, so 
I'm going to get them before they get me. Dave and I were escorted into the chapel where there was probably 20 other kids. They sat us near the front. Oh, dear God. So far from the door, I thought. And that little punk guy with the big mouth and his little friend thought they were going to um, be next to beat up the white guy and get a name. I jumped up on the pew and I dove down on both of them, screaming like a banshee. I think I jumped too high in my excitement to get at him. I was up there and screaming all the way down, punching and scratching and biting and slapping and punching and anything I could get a hold of to twist. And the little kid said real loud, this white boy's crazy. Look at his crazy eyes. Help! Of course, one of the guards broke it up. They brought David and I back to ourselves. David didn't say a word. He knew that could have been him. And the guy, guards finally figured out every time they send this little white kid out there, there's going to be a fight. So I got to stay in my cell. Only for a couple days, Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday, the guards said, you'll be going to school for two hours a day. Can you try not to get in a fight? Yes, ma'am, I'll try. I'll try my hardest, ma'am. It's all my fault, ma'am. She said, don't get smart with me, young man. I'm not, ma'am. It's not my fault. She softened up for a moment. I could see it. I know it's not your fault, son. That gave me another... 24 hours to come up with something. Crazy eyes. What that kid said, crazy eyes. So all night, until I just couldn't keep my eyes open anymore, I practiced in the mirror to look crazy. Wednesday came around the next day and the guard came around now it was time to go to school i was escorted with dave to the classroom and guess who was in the classroom sitting in back that little punk with the big mouth and his friend there's that white boy with the crazy eyes 
well, I must have done real good at practice the night before. I gave him my crazy eyes and then smiled at him like I'm coming for you. I shook them. I could tell he shut up. He, w- he wasn't the type to shut up. He was an instigator, a big mouth, which was fine by me. So he ran around telling everybody, that white boy is crazy. Don't mess with him. The rest of the time I went to school and never had to go to the day room again. And when I got out, there was, with just their one that one fight, those two kids changed my life. I played on that from then on in my life. I let everyone think I was crazy. I practiced it when I got home. My crazy eyes. Hey, Ma, please, I'm trying to do a podcast down here. Be quiet.